0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you well. This week, I'd like to speak to you about miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, and the stillbirth of a baby. An ectopic pregnancy is when a baby forms outside of the uterus. Instead of the fertilized egg making its way down into the uterus, it stops in the fallopian tubes, and if this isn't discovered in a timely manner, the tubes can rupture, causing internal bleeding, and life-saving surgery would be needed. If it is determined an ectopic pregnancy has formed, sometimes medication to release the baby is given in the hopes that no surgery will be needed, but either way, the baby cannot survive. On the other hand, a miscarriage occurs when the baby has formed naturally and attached itself to the uterus, but for some reason which we may never know. The baby does not go on to full form. When a baby dies inside the mother's womb up until 20 weeks of gestation, it is considered a miscarriage. When a child dies after 20 weeks in the womb, it is considered a stillbirth or the child is stillborn when it is born not breathing and cannot be revived. When a baby dies in any of these manners, it is a shock that is never expected. Parents are so hopeful and excited when they learn they are pregnant, and they look forward to the time when they will hold their infant in their arms for the first time. So when such a horrific death occurs, it is beyond comprehension. If you've experienced such a death, it is not uncommon to want to be close as a couple and slowly work through all the emotional and physical pain you both would be going through. It is important to speak about it out loud because when you harbor the pain, it can lead to depression, anger, bitterness, resentment, Asking yourself if you'll ever be a mother or father again, whether you even want to try to become pregnant again, whether you can even trust your own body. These are all normal responses. After one or more miscarriages, couples can be fearful that it may happen again in the future. And when you choose to isolate and not let others in, it can lead to more emotional pain. Now granted, there are many people who don't think the loss of your baby, who might only be weeks old, is something to grieve over. They might say ignorant things like, well, you can always have another child, as if another child could ever take the place of the child you just lost and they just don't know what you went through as the child was released from its mother's body. I've known friends who began bleeding, and the baby came out not long after right there in the bed or in the bathroom. They could see the fully formed child not larger than their palm. Now this might sound more graphic, then you might want to hear. But if this has happened to you and your spouse, you know the pain you experienced. It all just doesn't seem real. You were so hopeful for the birth of this child and never expected this would happen. Also, after miscarriage and ectopic pregnancies, the mother needs to physically recover, which can take weeks, even months. There can also be an insensitivity by the hospital, which is accustomed to simply disposing of any tissue removed in a surgery. The family may not be given an opportunity to choose private cremation or burial or a service to let everyone know that they lost a child. It doesn't give them the emotional support they may need from family and friends. Sometimes, once a miscarriage has occurred, the couple decides it is best to not announce future pregnancies for quite some time for fear they may not be full term. And also, so they don't need to hear all the comments. Insensitive people have been heard to say to both mothers and fathers that they were lucky. Lucky to have this happen so early in the pregnancy before they actually knew their child. While their intentions may have been to comfort the individuals, in truth, such remarks are thoughtless and can be extremely hurtful. This is simply an example of people trying to deal with an emotionally devastating event with a logical answer. And even though these parents never had the opportunity to establish a face-to-face relationship with their child, they had already created an emotional bond with this unborn child. Most had already formed dreams and expectations for a future with their child that, due to the miscarriage, will never come to fruition. For those who lose a child so early in pregnancy, there is often little recognition that anything has happened. While it's now possible to determine pregnancy within a few days of conception, many expectant parents choose not to share this information with others until they are further along in the pregnancy. If this was their choice, family and friends may not be aware of anything. Until after the miscarriage. And even then, some mothers and fathers may not share their story beyond their immediate family, which can limit emotional support. I remember after a young relative had a miscarriage, it was told to us that she didn't want anyone to discuss it or send condolences to her and her husband. Their way of dealing with it was simply to act as if nothing happened. I often wonder if she regrets not having the ability to speak openly about her sorrow instead of just shoving all her pain inside. We never know how couples decide to deal with the death of a baby, but I hope they are doing better. Another issue that makes miscarriage so significant is that we have no little one to bury or the baby has informed enough. And when others minimized our loss, showing little respect, they can cause us to question our own feelings of guilt. And whether we have a right to even grieve, which we absolutely do. If we had a strong bond with this child, our grief will be much deeper than anyone would know. Perhaps we longed to become pregnant for many years, Perhaps we had infertility treatments, several rounds, and this baby represented all our hope and dreams to start a family. This bond is broken now, and we are left bewildered as to how this happened. And that's the dilemma in miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy. We really have no idea how or why this happened. In the case of a stillborn child, or stillbirth, the baby might have died while in the mother's womb anywhere after 20 weeks of gestation. There are times when a woman will go to their normal prenatal doctor visits and find that there is no heartbeat. Their child was perfectly formed, and they saw them moving in previous ultrasounds and heard the heartbeat. Even knew the sex of their child, but for some unknown reason, the child simply stopped forming and died within the mother's womb. Now there was no heartbeat, no movement, no life, and often the doctor cannot tell the parents why this happened. The baby was doing wonderfully at the last doctor visit, but for some reason... The pregnancy simply stopped, and these loving parents may never get an answer as to why they will not be welcoming their child home after another 20 weeks. Other times, a baby can be healthy until the moment of birth, but for other reasons, when they arrive outside the womb, they are no longer breathing. Perhaps the umbilical cord was wrapped too tightly around the child's neck and it strangled them on the way out of their mother's womb. And that lack of oxygen for too long a time caused their death and lifeless body to be born, and they weren't able to be revived. This experience is extremely devastating. Here you have your completely formed baby who is not breathing. A baby you won't be bringing home to love and cherish and raise in your family. You think to yourself, exactly how is this happening? It seems so unreal, so unbelievable. How do you tell family and friends? How do you not feel you must have done something wrong for this to happen? How do you not blame yourself? But you are not to blame. Neither of you are. And the saddest part of this is society makes us believe pregnancy and childbirth are simple. You get pregnant simply. And nine months later, you have your newborn all ready to go home with you. But for many families, this is not the case. Especially in the case of the stillborn infant, you may have decorated their new room with all the lovelies that made it so special, and already had a baby shower, and all those gifts are now sitting in their room, just waiting to be used. But now, they won't be. What do you do with all those gifts? What do you do with their room? And all the furniture you purchased? And when exactly do you make decisions about what to do with all their new belongings? Grieving a child that will never be in your family is by far one of the most devastating bereavements. Each day along this journey, both before they were conceived, all along this journey, and now that they are no longer alive. You had this dream of how you would hold them, raise them, love them. What kind of life they would live, the experiences you would have with them. You took so much time, maybe even just to get pregnant, and now the pain of losing them before you even got to enjoy them and know them is indescribable and both mother and father may grieve in different ways and in different timing, which can harm their relationship. They ask themselves, do we try again? Do we decide to grieve this child's death and wait to try again? Or have we had enough sorrow, and we are settled with the children we have already, or being childless? Only the parents can determine this after burying the child who died and much reflection and consideration. But it is important that you save as much as you can so you can honor their memory. I remember learning about a photography group that works with hospitals. And when a child is stillborn, this group comes to the hospital and offers to take photographs of the parents holding the stillborn infant. It is a wonderfully compassionate service and gift. The family will hold on to those photos and other mementos in a care box. So, how do parents survive such a loss? Slowly, and with support from their spouse and family, as well as joining a group of other parents who have had similar experiences. I'm sure you've heard me say how important it is to be with others who have experienced the exact type of death that you have. They will be able to look you in the eye and say, I know how you feel because they have lived it just like you. And I will add those links to support group organizations in the show notes of this episode. Call them, find meetings in person, or with a contact call, or even online. It will serve you well. You will feel understood. And remember, it is also common to remember them on the day they were born, the day they died. On Mother's Day and Father's Day, their memory will always be with you. And some mothers say, I had six children and five are living. I also feel it's wise to take your gratitude journal and weave your writings to them within it. You can write letters to them about all that has happened and how you will miss them and the experiences you would have had together. But mostly, I want you to equally write about what you're grateful for surrounding their life, no matter how short it may have been. They were a part of you, and they will always be a part of you. I am grateful for this little one, grateful that I was able to be pregnant, Grateful that I experienced such joy for as long as I did. Grateful I got to hold them, if that's the case. Grateful they were a part of our family for as long as they were. Perhaps grateful I felt them inside kicking. Grateful for all the experiences I had with them as they were growing. Grateful that I'm a mother or I'm a father and that's one thing that no one can ever take from you. You are a mother. You are a father of a little baby who just happened to die too soon. Write those notes in your gratitude journal. Write letters and either place them in a casket before burial or bury them at the cemetery. And mostly, Never let anyone make you feel less than because your child did not survive. These are people you need to stay away from. Their toxic and sometimes ignorant attitude is not for you. You need to surround yourself with love and light and those who want the best for you. So be blessed, my friend. The memory of your child will always be in your heart. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you probably think this is really silly, but please do it for me anyway, okay? Thank you for being with me today. Remember to write five things each night in your journal that you are grateful for. Subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. And if you like my work, perhaps you'd like to buy me a coffee to support this show. It's simply at the lower left-hand corner of my website, MaryMac.info or TheMaryMacShow.com it would mean so much to me and as always remember to be happy because you deserve to i'll speak with you again soon